Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode with Knuckles Nelson on the 1973 podcast. And so happy to have him. First wrestler ever on the podcast. Uh, as you know, lifetime wrestling fan, so it's great to have him on. So, uh, Knuckles, we want to get started by just asking you how you got your start. Were you a fan growing up? Um, and we'll start with that. Take it from there. Well, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. And I can tell you that I'm as big a wrestling fan as anyone on the show here tonight. I was a fan. That's really what it was. And it got so bad, I had to start doing it. So I went to wrestling school. I went to several different wrestling schools. I was originally trained by Brutal Bob Evans and Nick Steele. And eventually, I made my way to Killer Kowalski's wrestling school. And from there, uh, found myself in the wrestling world. When I was growing up, I was a huge fan of the Von Erich brothers. And with the Iron Claw coming out next week, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie, and uh, that gives you an idea of the kind of wrestling that I was into when, uh, before I get uh, got my start in the ring. So, yeah, you, oh, go ahead, Tom. No, I, I was a huge Kerry Von Erich fan growing up. Yeah, I mean, everybody from you, me, and The Rock loved Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What, oh, yeah, absolutely. What a uh, what a talented guy, and what a uh, you know, just a tragic. Uh, story at the end where uh, you know is a lot of people don't understand that his last uh, appearance was in ECW when like a, a before they were even extreme championship wrestling he was in Eastern championship wrestling with in his last match and that's a story in itself uh, Todd Gordon from ECW loves to tell that story about how that happened but it's not about a carry it's about you Knuckles so take us through people you've worked with uh, different territories you've worked just have at it. Your time. Okay. Well, I was in the I was in the right place at the right time a lot when I first broke into wrestling. And uh, when I when I was trained, I had about five matches under my belt, and I was so delusional. I thought I was ready for the WWF at that time. And I went to a television taping in Providence, Rhode Island, and I found Tony Guerrilla, who was in charge of hiring the enhancement talent or jobbers, as they were called back then. And um, I told him that I'd been wrestling for five years, and I had uh, hundreds of matches, and the next thing you know, I was standing across the ring from Razor Ramon the night after he won the Intercontinental title in my first match. And oh, my I had, God, man, that's awesome. And Razor had been wrestling since the 1980s, and I'm standing across from him. He gave me the toothpick in the face, and before I knew it, I was in the Razor's edge, and it was all over, and I knew I had to go back to the independence at that point and get some more experience, and it wouldn't be until 1997 before I started getting back around WCW and WWF. So that, that's a uh, uh, great time. It was like the second boom with uh, all the kids that grew up watching it in the 80s seemed to be older, and they kind of caught fire when they were older and kind of in that college, high school age. And, uh, you know, they kind of changed the the attitude era for, you know, the kids that grew up in the 80s. That's how I always look at it. If you were 10 in 1984, you were in your 20s and you know, 98, and they, they kind of catered to that audience. So they caught lightning in a bottle kind of twice with that. So uh, when you were in that that realm, did you did you have a lot of good experiences? Did you, did you, you know, wrestle a lot on Nitro or Raw again, or how did that go? Well, my first match, my first match on Nitro was actually in St. Patrick's Day in 1997, and I was in a tag match with a – a, a guy named T. Rantula, who was down from the, I think, the Ohio area. And they put us together and put us in the ring with uh, the Giant and Lex Luger. 
and um, I got to choke slam that night. And I, you know, I had I had a lot of aspirations to go very far in the wrestling world. But I found out real quick when you're competition with people like Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, my role was going to be as uh, someone that was going to be there as an enhancement talent. And I was fine with that because I look back very finely on, on my days in the wrestling world. I was a three-time NWA World Tag Team Champion. I got to travel to Japan many times. And I was in the ring. It would take me a long time to list all the people. I had almost a 1,000 matches, and I wrestled – um, you know, everyone from uh, I was in a tag team called the Brotherhood and we feuded with the public enemy and I was I wrestled the Dudley boys and I wrestled um, the headbangers and um, I could keep going. There's there was a lot in the singles competition. I wrestled uh, one of my favorite matches was against Cactus Jack and a falls count anywhere in the building match. Um, I wrestled um, Too Cold Scorpio. I wrestled Scotty Too Hardy. I, I mean, the, the all the matches of the people that um, it's just it's a, it's a long list of people. Did uh, you ever get on board with any of the ECW shows that came up around our area? Uh, Waltham. Uh, they came to Fall River a few times. Uh, uh, the dog track up uh, where the mass transit uh, incident happened. Did you? happen to go to any of those shows or you know when it so was the, when they were hot yeah so the, the the thing about ecw was i worked for tony rumble tony rumble was my manager the boston bad boy um he opened a lot of doors for me in wrestling and him and paulie paulie dangerously paul Heyman, did not get along very well paulie was not a fan of tony rumbles and vice versa so when i was desperately trying to get into ecw i can look back now I never had one match in ECW and thank God I didn't because I would have got all caught up in that culture and the drugs and alcohol and violence. And they probably would have found me dead in a hotel room. So looking back on it now, I was begging them to come to ECW and I would have jumped off a building back then, but I'm, I'm pretty lucky that that didn't happen because ECW was a lot of fun and it was a really revolutionary wrestling promotion. But um, what was going on behind the scenes was not good. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. The more I was really uh, big into the shoot interviews when uh, they first started coming out because, the, you know, kayfabe was kind of, you know, kind of going by the wayside when Vince made it, you know, openly entertainment. And I to tell you the truth, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. I miss that. I miss the kayfabe. I, I you know, miss the uh, not knowing what's going to happen or somebody on a, uh, on a Twitter or something, letting the cat out of the bag with an angle. I, I miss all that stuff. I I'd rather just watch it, watch the storyline play out and, uh, you know, kind of get drawn into it. And that's what I miss about old school wrestling compared to, you know, how it is now. And, and there's too many high spots. There's not enough storytelling. We talk about it all the time. I miss the days of, when valets were valets and managers were managers and, and, you know, I don't think it'll ever be like that because it's gone so far away. Um, and that, that I still watch it religiously. Uh, I get with these guys, we do stuff with it for the podcast, but it's not, it's not what it once was. I don't know if you agree, or if you disagree on the current state of wrestling. Well, I, I can sum it up. By, in addition to, um, my time in the wrestling world. If you fast forward, I'm also a writer and an author. And we, I can tell you about the book that I wrote later, but I, I'm also a writer for Rhode Island News Today, which is an online newspaper. And I interviewed a gentleman named Tom Burke, 
who is a wrestling historian who you may not have heard of, but Tom Burke has been around wrestling since the 1960s. And to just piggyback on what you just said, he told me in no uncertain terms, the magic is gone. And when he said it that way, I understood exactly what he meant. It's just without, you know, once the business was, and you can't really expose the business as a, at a much higher level than Vince McMahon. That's just, you know, once he exposed it, well, you know, I, I was protecting it for years after that, but what was I protecting? It was already the cat was out of the bag. But yeah, I agree with you fully. Yeah. I'm and, interested. Oh, oh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, I'm interested. What do you think of that show, Dark Side of the Ring? Is that something that you think is, is exposing it more than it should be? Or what do you think of that show? I think Dark Side of the Ring is awesome. I think every episode, I've, I've never seen one that I didn't like. I particularly like the one about Adrian Adonis because he was one of my favorite wrestlers and uh, someone that for some reason doesn't get the credit that he deserves and should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. But I love the show. And I just like this movie, The Iron Claw, that's going to be coming out on the Von Erics, I think it's just going to be an extended version of the Dark Side of the Ring. It's just, you know, the real truth about what goes on behind the scenes. It's drugs and alcohol. Not anymore. It's not anymore. But back then, it was uh it was you know it, it, it was uh it was just a big party you know every day i i miss the thing with wrestling about um like comparing the bruiser brodies or the dick Murdochs, the guys that couldn't hold a regular nine to five job and these were guys that were larger than life i i mean of course andre the giant's larger than life but these guys when you saw them i remember the first time i ever went to see it live it was at boston Gun. it was probably like 79 and i remember we're sitting near the aisle and when andre came out and he came down the aisle i looked up and i was like i can't believe how big this guy is and i was probably seven at the time going i cannot believe how big this man is and i still remember it to this day that awe and that's what wrestling misses is that you know that appeal to like these guys are not nine to five guys these and when you go see wrestling now and it, there's guys there that you could beat up it's like where where is the where is the mystique where is that you know that I don't want to character the tough guy persona yeah. to it you know it, it's it there's so many high spots and high flyers and nothing makes sense and everybody kicks out of everything and a <laughs> finishing move is not a you know you the DDT was lights out this look at what they've done to the super kick I mean that was we talked about that last week on our podcast they totally turn that move into like just another, like a hip toss. Well, it, you, mentioned, you mentioned Bruiser Brody. Could you imagine dropping Bruiser Brody into a wrestling ring today? I mean, no. it, would, it, would, it would be, it would be awesome for one thing, but uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go well for the other wrestlers. No. Those days are gone. The days are gone forever. I have nothing against, uh, you know, wrestlers like, um, um, Adam Cole or MJF or any of these guys, but they, they, you got to look like you can hurt somebody. Right. You know, there's a, there's a, I like it. Exactly. If you, you want to be a professional wrestler, like that's what wrestling used to be, but it's not anymore. It's, it's, and, and it's fine that it's expanded and opened up to what it was, but I, I'm with you guys. I, I'll take the days of Bruiser Brody and Terry Bam Bam Gordy any day. Yeah. Ah, there uh, we go. Old school Freebirds. I, 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 so, oh, go ahead, Ed. Take it. I, I was just going to, I was just going to kind of turn it back a little bit here. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, who was your favorite person to work with? You know, what was your favorite match slash feud that you had? And then kind of tie that back in and tell us a little bit about, about your book and that type of thing. Yeah, as please we kind do. of move along. Okay, so the um 
the people that come to mind, you might may have never even heard of this guy, but there was a kid by the name of Steve Bradley who was signed by the WWF at one point. He was down in Memphis, and he was the most clean-cut kid that I had ever known. I just tried to keep up with him in the ring. He was fantastic. Uh, and, and, you know, the wrestling business chewed him up and spit him out. He died of a drug overdose. Um, and the, oh, he man. never touched drugs before wrestling. Um, some other favorite opponents of mine were Perry Saturn, um, the public enemy comes to mind. They weren't great wrestling matches, but we feuded with them all over the country when we were the NWA tag team champions because um, they were chasing us for the belts back then. And uh, we had some really great matches in little towns like Pikeville, Kentucky, and some town in Ohio that I can't even tell you the name of, but the, the <laughs> high school gyms would be banged out with people. Like, you know, this was, we were really still in the tail end of the territories and regional wrestling where you could actually set up a loop for yourself without being in the WWF or WCW and go and defend those belts around the country. And when you ask me about my book, I wrote a book for, it came out four years ago. It's not new. Um, it's called waking up from the wrestling ring to the yoga mat. And I actually had a long run in the wrestling world and it was all fueled with drugs and alcohol and partying. And at one point I got my act together and I cleaned up my act and, um, I got heavily into yoga. I, I and I started going to, a place right in Rhode Island called Rhode Island Power Yoga, and it changed my life. And everything that happened to me after I got into my body got uh, healed up and got really healthy. And um, I can't really say where the writing came from, but I barely graduated from high school, and I ended up writing a 400-page book that went to number one in new releases in several categories on Amazon. So it was pretty successful, and that led me into being a writer for Rhode Island News Today. And you know that that was a few years ago. So. The book came out when COVID was at its height. So there were no book signings and no, um, you know, um, going on any type of tour with the book or anything like that at all, because everything was shut down. But, you know, I, I sold quite a few copies, even under those circumstances, and I still sell them today. And um, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't call self-help. It's more personal growth. And um, it's uh, I've gotten a lot of positive response from it. And what's the name of the book, Knuckles? It's called Waking Up from the Wrestling Ring to the Yoga Mat. It's on Amazon. Uh, like I said, though, it's not new. It's been out for about four years. And people ask me if I'm going to write another book. But um, at the moment, I um, I have a really nice life. Myself and my girlfriend, Michelle, are just enjoying life. And, you know, in the warmer weather, we drive around on my motorcycle all over the place. And we just, we you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking a little break from writing. But you never say never. Who knows? When uh... now. When we put, oh, hold on, Tom. When we post this uh, interview, we're going to post a, a link for your book too in in the interview. So people that oh, want to find it, they'll be able to, you know, check it out on Amazon when 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 it drops. So go ahead, Tom. When you were uh, when you were putting pen to paper, did you find yourself like stopping and saying, "Wow, you're really putting yourself out there"? Was that difficult to put all your your uh, I don't want to say your laundry out there, but was that was that a difficult thing for you to do? Or or was it uh, an easier thing? Well, what happened was I was going through a very difficult time. I had changed my lifestyle completely, but I still wasn't really happy. And I had this crazy idea to jump on my Harley Davidson and drive deep into the mountains of Virginia to look up my childhood hero, Handsome Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, who was a perfect stranger to me at the time. And it made perfect sense to me, even though it was a crazy idea. And I went down there and I found him. He's got a wrestling camp in a small town called Shawsville, Virginia. And I walked right up to him and I introduced myself. And 
he became a father to me, like in that moment we, and he listened to my whole life story. And I told him I was struggling with a lot of things and he taught me about forgiveness and how to really forgive people. And he really helped me get myself back on track. And I still go down and see him every year on his birthday. And uh, when I came back from that experience, um, I sat down one night with a notebook and a pen and I just started writing and I don't know what happened. I filled up the notebook on both pages the whole notebook. And I went to the store and I bought a whole stack of notebooks and I filled those up. And I was like, what is this? What am I doing here? And then I realized I was writing a book and it just poured out of me. It was effortless. I don't, and you know, of course I had to have proofreading and editing done, but through the process of it all, um, I ended up writing a book that uh, went to number one in new releases for wrestling books, yoga books, self-help books, um, all in 20, 2019. So go figure. What a what a uh, cool! It's guy a great to meet. story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What a what a cool guy. Met him like, as a matter of fact, the last time I met him, he was up here uh, at one of the uh, fan fests, and I got to meet him with my son, and they took a picture together. And it, it he was always one of my uh, from that Paul Jones Army days and Shaska Watley and and uh, that that storyline, uh, Valiant's uh, War in '84, and all that. I I love that guy. Hey, well, let me let me quick let me quickly just mention he owns and operates Boogie's Wrestling Camp, Hall of Fame and Museum on Allegheny Springs Road in Shawsville, Virginia. It's right outside of Roanoke. If, if anyone is ever down there, I highly recommend going and visiting it. It's open and free to the public from noon to four on every Sunday, fifty-two weeks a year, and they have more memorabilia and wrestling. Um, uh, uh, nostalgia than you could possibly imagine. There's also a wrestling camp there where aspiring wrestlers are training. You can watch practice. There's five buildings that you can tour. And there's also a replica. It's not really a replica. It's a one-of-a-kind copy of the WWF tag team title belt that he won in 1974 that I actually gave him as a surprise birthday gift last year. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh the Valiant Brothers and then they threw a third one on at the end. They kind of like uh to to mix it up a little bit. I, that's he was always been one of my my favorite characters in wrestling. And it you know he didn't everything he did was so easy. It was like his matches, like especially against enhancement guys. It was like you watch it. And it's like a couple of real quick things, place to the crowd, the elbow drop, all done, and you know. Go kiss Tony Schiavone on live TV. So it was always it was always entertaining with them. He didn't do a lot. He didn't do a lot in the ring, but what he did was very effective. Oh, I, I, less is more. If now there's a perfect example of that those the guys that are the high flyers that everything's a high spot and you you're kicking out of four pile drivers now and there's a guy that yeah, I wish it was more like that. I mean effortless. These guys were wrestling every night, which you know, and they were taking care of everybody and you had to show up to make money and there was no guaranteed contract. So I, like I said, I can't emphasize enough how much I miss those days. I totally understand. Yeah. Good, Tom. You got anything else? Well, I see that you, uh, you are a writer for rinewstoday.com. Was that something that you that grew out of your writing your book, you realized you liked writing or was this something you always wanted to do? Well, it was not something that I always wanted to do. It just kind of happened. And when I, my book came out, I, I got a lot of press. I've got a lot of television, radio. I did tons of podcasts like this. And one of them was a sports writer for Rhode Island News Today 
who contacted me and asked me if he would, uh, if I, he could interview me about the book. And when I did, um, I met the editor and owner of the newspaper, Nancy Thomas, and Nancy offered me a job uh, writing for them. And the next thing you know, I'm attending all kinds of events, movie premieres, um, restaurant openings, you name it. And one of my favorite things was I actually started to um, go to CES boxing matches around New England uh, for the great Jimmy Birchfield, who is a legendary promoter based right out of North Providence, Rhode Island. And he also became a very close friend. And Mr. Birchfield um, allowed me behind the scenes and uh, let, let me um, interview many, many fighters. And uh, it took them a while to take to me because I was coming from the wrestling world. But when they found out that I was a longtime martial artist and former kickboxer, they kind of warmed up to me at some point. But um, the, the experience with Rhode Island News, my editor's not overly... Uh, happy with me right now because I've been taking a break from everything because um, I'm having a, a really great time um, in life right now and, and I'm doing less and less and uh, enjoying life more and more. But I'm, I will definitely be back with Rhode Island News uh, writing something soon. I, 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 think have, what, uh, I think what it's going to be, I think what it's going to be is I'm going to do a review of the Iron Claw. Nice. I love it. Re really good. Um, That's awesome. The question I have is, Favorite person that you've ever met in wrestling and the person that you hope you never run into again because of a negative experience or a negative story? Favorite well, and least favorite? Well, my favorite person, um, it would be hard to top Jimmy Valiant, but I would say another person, since we talked about Boogie so much, is a gentleman by the name of Wild Bill Irwin. Wild Bill Irwin was a wrestler from world-class wrestling, the AWA, the NWA, him and his brother, Scott Hogger, were known as the Lone Riders. And when I started going to Japan in the late 1990s, uh, defending the NWA World Tag Team titles over there, um, Wild Bill was on the tours. And Wild Bill took me and a bunch of guys that were coming from America and going to Japan for the first time under his belt and taught us how to behave in Japan, taught us how to, um, to, to just... Be, be the professionals that we should be instead of acting like a bunch of idiot wrestlers, which a lot of people do. So Wild Bill, he, he, you know, I'm not saying that he kept us alive, but he kept us, he kept us on the straight and narrow and helped us to um, um, conduct ourselves the way we should be when we were in Japan. Um, I don't really have anything negative to say about anyone from the wrestling world. Uh, my least favorite experience that I had, and this is on YouTube, you can look this up easy, was um, a match that I had with the big boss man. And I'm, it's not that I, you know, I'm not going to run into him anyway because he passed away. But we had this whole nice little match planned out. And I was like, wow, he's giving me a lot for this match. And right before we went to the curtain, he said, forget everything we said. I'm just going to kick your ass. <laughs> and, um, wow. And I, and he did. And, you know, he handcuffed me to the ropes and hit me with the nightstick and the whole deal. But um, that was something that kind of caught me off guard because I was excited about that match. Um, but I mean, I, I wrestled so many, every match I had was a learning experience and I'm so grateful for it because I'm just a kid from Rhode Island that loved wrestling so much. I wanted to try doing it. And I ended up becoming a three-time world champion in, in the wrestling world. And, you know, and I get to do things like this. And I was telling my girlfriend, Michelle earlier, big shout out to you, Michelle. Um, I still get a kick out of the fact that I get a call to do these kinds of shows and, you know, it's um it's it's an honor and i'm i'm really um humbled by the fact that you would have me on tonight oh yeah oh well, man first and foremost we're we're honored and we're humbled man we we've been talking about this how we pretty much got into this 
was we, the three of us, there's one other person who didn't want to come on the podcast with us and not do it with us. Uh, so, but we were just like, you know, we hadn't seen each other in quite a bit and like during, because of COVID, because of where I live and stuff like that. And we just started it. And, you know, we've been kind of talking and like, look, man, we're huge wrestling fans. And, and all of a sudden you popped up in my feed one day and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm reaching out to him. I'm going to reach out to Knuckles. You know, I'm going to see what he says. Worst thing you do is tell me no, you know, and uh, we are really humbled and honored just that you came on with us, you know, and uh, we're glad that we're going to promote your book and, you know, we're really, we'd love to have you on again. And we really kind of do even a deeper dive as well. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Um, maybe, you know, we'll give it a little, little bit to simmer on the pot. And then after the iron claw comes out and maybe another season of dark side, we can get together and talk about, you know, a, a professional's perspective on, you know, kind of the viewpoints that they make and see what, you know, maybe you can call BS on some of the stuff who knows, but I, I'd love to, you know, get more into it. And, uh, you know, we work with like a half an hour time frame, so we don't get long winded and it doesn't get stale, but you know, I, I'd, I'd love to have you come back on. And I didn't even realize that you were local. Two of us are in Massachusetts and, uh, Ed's relocated down South. So, you know, the, the friendship is there and the love of wrestling's there. And, you know, if there's a connection, we'd love to keep it going and, uh, you know, keep you uh, in the loop. If that's uh, something you'd be open to, it would be great. I'd love it, guys. I'd love it. I can tell you, one, Ed's a smart one for going south. And two, um, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy doing a show like this. It's not easy doing a podcast. I had a television show back in the 90s called This Week in Wrestling. We did 102 weeks of TV. And it's hard to build an audience. It's, it's hard to keep it going. And it's hard to keep it fresh and keep it interesting. And uh, I'm very impressed with what you what you guys do here. This is a great show, except for the Philadelphia Flyers thing I see in the background. Everything is good. I think you see the shirt I'm wearing here. I hope you see it. Anyway. <laughs> that's, see, now that's a whole other thing. You don't know how many people that we know come on this show and take shots at me for America's team, uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a shot at you, but I will say, in the words of the great, late great Boston bad boy Tony, Tony Rumble, "I'm Boston born and Boston bred, and I'll be Boston bad till I'm Boston dead." <laughs> so so how it. that is how we're gonna end the show. That is how we're gonna end the segment for that. With with your, that'll be your send off, and uh, you know I'm gonna uh, just hold it right there, and then we'll have you back on, and then we'll uh, reconnect and. Uh, let you know how the episode went and you'll be able to watch it this weekend when we attach it to our, to our uh, big episode that we do. And then, uh, you know, we'll go from there. If that's okay with you. Fantastic. Yeah, just let me know when it's going to be on so I can post it. I'll get people to, people will watch it if I let them know I'm on it. Oh yeah. It'll, it'll oh, be good. on. Uh, we usually post our new episodes every Sunday night. Oh, perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks Ed for reaching out. Yeah. Thanks, Douglas, stay on. When Thanks, we, stay on when we close down. Okay. Okay. Thanks, everyone.